Carrier into the zone with Howden. Carrier shoots. He scores! A laser from William Carrier. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Connor falling over, guides it toward Carlson. Back to Connor, right wing into the zone. Connor dips through, shooting. He scores! What a move from Paul Connor! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your home for access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're up and running. We're ready to go. Two hours of hockey talk coming your way. Discussing the best team in the National Hockey League off to the best start ever through 10 games by a Stanley Cup champion and one point off the best start Overall, in the National Hockey League's 142,000 years, there's occurred 9-0-1. The Vegas Golden Knights will get into it. We'll talk to Bruce Cassidy or hear from Bruce Cassidy regarding what's going right and how he analyzes this start to the season. And we'll also get into his media availability from today, which was amazingly articulate. He's always great. A lot of times we get into the X and O's. Today was more, not saying spiritual, but team building and analyzing where his group is. And it is a fascinating listen coming from Bruce Cassidy. We'll also chat with Brian McCormick, the play-by-play voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, who are off to a 6-2 and two start. We've got one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, bringing you up to date with a big suspension that has occurred in the National Hockey League as we bring you the VGK Insider Shows from the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio, uh, Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports studio, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... You didn't think I was ever going to get to it, did you? No, you, no. you were kind of you were kind of getting nervous. But I was. Getting... I didn't. I didn't want to go there too early because I wanted to confirm that we were on the air. Yeah, we're no, we're good, and we're good. Yeah, we're off and running. Yep. Let's dial it in. I want to know from the people today because it's Halloween and we got to have some kind of theme. We've got our game rating coming up too. Uh, on last night's contest, which featured the shootout victory for the Vegas Golden Knights over the Montreal Canadiens. Because this is this is Halloween, Vegas is 9-0-1. They're a wagon. Not playing up to their best. We, we know that. We'll get into uh, some of those areas in a little bit. There's a uh, higher level to go. But 9-0-1 coming off a, a Stanley Cup championship. If the Vegas Golden Knights were a person, Chapman, if they were going to a Halloween party, okay, at nine zero and one, as Stanley Cup champion, what would be the costume the Vegas Golden Knights would be if they were a person? So seven zero two, eight seven six thirteen forty. Give me a call. I, I'm I'm just curious if you've got an idea because is it a superhero? Is it some kind of uh, television personality? Because it's a they're not a superstar team. They've got all the the balance. Like this this team's leading goal scorer through 10 games with 19 points out of 20 has 3 goals. That blows me away. The top goal scorer has 3 goals. If you're 2 7 and 1, I could see 3 goals being an accurate total. Three goals from the best team in the National Hockey League with 19 points out of 20 is surprising. 
they have six players with three goals. So it's totally spread around. So I don't, I don't know whether the, the Vegas Golden Knights would, if they were a person, going to a Halloween party would dress up as a superhero because they're not built that way. So what, what kind of persona, what kind of character or costume would, would the Vegas Golden Knights be? So we're, it's, a, it's a random day. It's a Tuesday. It's Halloween. It's a special occasion. We'll open up the phone lines, and we'll, we'll let you have your say. Uh, let's go to the phone lines on uh, line three. Mike, uh, you got there. Uh, what, uh, what would the Vegas Golden Knights dress up as? Yeah, I'll, I'll play the game today. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's imagine for a moment. Please. You're, ta- you're talking about all the players dressing up the same way? Is that what you're talking no, about? No, I'm just talking about the goal. if the Golden Knights team were a person. What mm-hmm. what would that what would that person be like? Give me a persona for the Golden Knights right now. Okay, it'd be Ryan Reynolds, Daredevil. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and the reason I say that is because Daredevil is the anti-hero. He makes all kinds of mistakes. He's always messing up, but he always comes out on top. No, he's not. It's not the Daredevil. It's there's another name for that. No, no, no. What's the Deadpool. What's the Ryan Reynolds Deadpool. character guy? Deadpool. Help Deadpool. me out. Daredevil Deadpool. was the terrible Ben Affleck movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that was awful, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bad. I love Deadpool. What's the Ryan Reynolds character? Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah. Deadpool. Deadpool. So they'd be Deadpool because he's a perfect – the whole team is that way. The whole team is a collective Deadpool. Silly, crazy, irreverent, but, but on top all the time. Always ends up on top. Funny. Oh, yeah. And, well, and I mean, anonymous? it depends on what you consider funny, I guess. An- anonymous, I would th- throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you had to drink for every time somebody said Deadpool? Like we, <laughs> we just said it seventeen times, trying to get that uh, that across. Deadpool, that's a that's a good uh, that's a great one. Uh, thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You you bet. There's uh, Mike on line number three. Let's go to Joe. Joe, welcome to the VGK Insider Show, buddy. Hey, boys. Uh, uh, your old pal, Joey Zamboni. How you doing? Good. Uh, nice to hear from you on the Instagram this week. Yeah, sir. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, let everyone know what a privilege, a privilege it is to actually get a hold of you guys because my schedule changed a little bit with work, and I went and helped out my buddy and stuff at another place. And, uh, yeah, I, I kind of missed you guys for a couple days, and so that was kind of sorry about that. But nice to be back uh, kind of semi-back to normal. And back to my schedule, listen to the show and uh, the games. And um, I, if you want to stay on topic, I want to say I agree with uh, with Mike's assessment of who the BGK would be for Halloween. So he did you, a good job on that. You were already thinking Deadpool? Yeah, I was thinking someone cool, someone kind of hip, uh, Deadpool, kind of daredevilish, yeah. uh, kind of anti-hero because you know, no one wants to give us the credit or like us ah. um, in the hockey world besides their own fans. So. Uh, something like that, something along those sorts of lines. You know what ties it in even more is Ryan Reynolds is Canadian. It just it, and we've got the most Canadians of any recent Stanley Cup champion. So I think that uh, that fits in well. Uh, Joey, just hang on because Chapman wants to talk to you off air. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, and we'll get to it. Uh, who's next on the VGK Insider Show? Uh, Stephanie. Hold on, wasn't now he's working the phones. He's massaging things. This is Stephanie, welcome to the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing great. What's uh, What kind of character are you thinking here? I mean, my my first thought was Elvis because, of course, 
Um, but I don't know, throwing it back to like the mob era of Vegas, maybe they could dress up as uh, Bugsy Siegel. Ooh, okay. Explain, explain to me. I, I, I know the Busby part, but uh, oh, she dropped. Did you hang up on her? You hung up on her. Stephanie, phone back, okay? Phone back, and we will get you back on the air because uh, we're, we're doing some phone juggling. I've thrown a curveball at Chapman, and it's completely sent him into left field. It's it's my fault. It is all my fault. I thought he could handle it. Well, it was a challenge. The the the, the problem I, is, is as we've established on this show, our phones are junk. So anytime we have to do anything out of the ordinary, we always run the risk of. But I've me, seen me, you talk to people while I'm yeah, talking to people. The, that's but. It's one thing if they call in, that's usually yeah. fine. It's going back to someone that we've already uh, Yeah, that's okay. where by the so way, I think Joey's, Stephanie's Is Joey there? He he I've got him, but Okay, is Stephanie? I, on? I, I think she's calling back right now. Okay, so. good. Yeah. Good. We'll get to Stephanie. Uh she she's throwing the the mob era. I, I need Stephanie to just walk me through that character and give me some background on that. So Stephanie, uh fill me in on what what was the name? Buzz? Bugsy Siegel. Bugsy Siegel. Okay, fill me in. He was, I'm not, of, he was I'm one not of the totally monsters a... that established the strip. Okay, I'm not fully into my mob history in, in Vegas. I know a few names. So was was there a certain characteristic of Bugsy that, that you like that you think compares or, or fits in with the with the Golden Knights 9-0-1 start to Benning Stanley Cup champions? I mean, he had he had a, a pretty big reputation, and and he, it's just, he's the mobster that I think of when I think of the Vegas mob. And I mean, that's kind of what we are, right? Like, people are coming up against the mob, and they're uh, they're losing. I I love that uh, Bugsy Bugsy Siegel. I I think Bugsy. If you were gonna give me that name, I'd be like, eh, can we not come up with another one like Moose or? Uh, Hot shot or something like that. Bugsy, Bugsy isn't the first nickname that I would grab onto, but it kind of works for for some reason. It works for the mob. I don't I don't know why it works for the mob. Maybe because you're just scared of the mob, and and anything goes. But uh, but Bugsy Bugsy works. So thanks, Stephanie. Appreciate it. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, there's uh, Stephanie talking about Bugsy. We've got two votes for Deadpool on what the Golden Knights would dress up as or go out as if the Golden Knights were a person. And walking in, and they wanted to model their personality after what they've been able to do at 9-0-1. And, of course, uh, coming off a Stanley Cup championship. Uh, this is a team that went out last night and never trailed. First time in seven games the Golden Knights haven't trailed. So that part was great. But we're not able to really get it to the point where they could distance themselves from, from the Montreal Canadiens. It was a much closer game than we ever thought it would be, uh, especially when, when Vegas was able to score first. Now, the fluky goal, the goofy goal uh, that occurred when uh, Aiden Hill tried to clear the puck on the, on the power play, that is a once-in-five-seasons type thing. You may not see that from uh, Aiden Hill the rest of his career. You might not see it from a Golden Knights goaltender for 10 years along that line. So that was a, that was a bit of a, a fluke. But they weren't able to put them, the Montreal Canadiens away, but found the path to victory, which I think is the most impressive part of, of when you go seven games and you trail in six of them and you have six wins. Like no, people don't do that. Back to the phone lines, uh, on line number two, Rita. It's uh, been a little while since we've talked, Rita. 
Well, hi. I'm going to go in a different direction. I say they come as a crying shark with a spear through its heart. (laughs) So you're just all about the troll. Well, you know, payback, well, everybody knows what payback is, and heaven knows their Twitter, they they got it coming. I'm going to be just flat out up front with you. I think we can let the sharks go. And I've had this conversation no, with different uh-uh. people. No, no. I know you're not invested in this like we are. Vegas won. But there are those of us who cried through the end of 2019. But, but you don't you make won. me cry without pissing me off for a while. <laughs> like, you won. They're terrible. They have not won a game this year. It couldn't have gone more polar opposite directions than, than it has. Karma took care of it all. I don't think well, we need to be... Well, karma takes a while, and <laughs> it may never be done. <laughs> I, I love it. it it's, it's not I'm too, saying mine's the best costume. It's not too strong I'm to call it... I'm saying the guys would get into it big time. I don't think it's too strong to call it petty. I, I, I think it's petty. I'm here for it. But it's I'm here for it. Petty's good. Yeah. Who, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Good, good point. Oh, you really it, tell us to take the high road on this baby? Uh-uh. <laughs> Rita, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Uh, Rita was saying that the Golden Knights should just dress up as a crying shark with a spear through the heart. And, yeah, just troll the, the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, they're, it's, it's, it's kind of like. Yeah. I, I don't understand this giving them credit or, or bringing them into the conversation. Well, like, like. 2019 was was Robert Shaw in in Jaws, but 2023 is Richard Dreyfus at the end of Jaws. Like he wins, he kills Jaws. Like Jaws is dead. But we're not even on the ocean in 2023. Yeah, well, we moved the, on. The, the sharks aren't certainly in the ocean in 2023. That's for sure. I don't know why there's this need to troll the San Jose Sharks when they're so not part of the scene anymore. But it, but the, it, it's good. It's good to build that. Like, you look at some of the rivalries in, in soccer and the NFL, and, you know, they're, they're, they're rivalries regardless of whether one team is good or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like Liverpool and Everton. Everton is one of the worst teams in the league, but it's still fun when Liverpool beats the snot out of them. That's true. I mean, and I don't, I don't mind that part. The Steelers and the Browns, but bringing them up when they're not even part of the scene right now, well. fitting in that—that's <laughs> where—that's where I had trouble. Like yesterday's yeah. poll, like Seattle <laughs> putting the banner up in front of uh, Seattle or, or San Jose. Like, I, that's going to affect Seattle way more than I. I, I, than I San don't. Jose. I, I think you, you, you. It's one of those things you. Because you, you came around the next year, no, right? I was, At, I was in and around the group. Like I. I may not have been front and center, yeah. but I was... Because I remember seeing you in the locker room. I just don't remember what year let it me was. Just, let me just say that in year two, I was I was around. And then year three was when you... When I started working okay. full-time for the team. So, yeah. So, so you were around, but I think... Yeah. I think And it was a bad time. It was it was a challenging time. It was the worst. But it, it was horrible. In, in the three years and a little bit later... Look where we are. You know, you I know why we're having this debate. I, I I feel like it's the kind of thing where that we're, at least from my perspective, the fans feel like they got cheated out of an attempt to win the cup. 
Like I think legitimately you won. No, 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 no. But that this one in 2023, in the minds of a lot of fans, could be cup number two. Because I feel like a lot There's of a fans should have, could have, would have there in, we, a, in a first round series. Yeah, they believe that that yeah. team okay. could have won the cup. All right. It I don't know. St. Louis it, was really, really good that year. It wasn't like it was the third round. No. There was but, more runway. To, and, it, and it hurt. I get it hurt. But you ended up still winning. But you also that could have started. has never won. You could have started things a little early with Colorado because that was, I think, who San Jose played in the next round. Now you're now you're reaching. Just, you, you are you are um, no, but like legitimately, I I think Rita and and you know she's a diehard and and I believe in and I shouldn't speak for Rita, but in her heart, I feel like she believes that the team got cheated I, out of an attempt to. It's not like they were the eighth and seed and they stunk. No, no, she's not wrong. She's absolutely not wrong. You're not wrong. But when you when you're talking about today, oh present yeah, present day. October 31st, 2023, coming off a championship, 9-0-1-1, and that team hasn't won a game. You're, you're not going to even think half a second about them. There's there's other teams, if you want to troll, there's other teams. <laughs> I like, I like the idea of trolling troll. Edmonton. Yeah, that's a perfect example. Something along that They're line. much more relevant than San Jose is today. Do you have that clip from Bruce Cassidy? I do, from, yeah. From I, I had it queued up because I wasn't sure when you wanted to okay. play it, but yeah. Here's Bruce Cassidy last night after the game uh, talking about the 9-0-1 start, but also factoring in where their game is at right now, the Golden Knights' execution of the game. And this is this is a really interesting answer. Well, I don't like to push aside the aside from the points. I mean, it's 19 out of 20 friggin' points. I mean, we missed, we're missing one point, right? So we, we can sit there and digest our game and say, well, we need to do this better, that better. We just got 19 out of 20 points. Um, so to me, that that's pretty good, and we're not going to push that aside or overlook it. So that, And I think you can't because it's too hard to win in this league. So we haven't always looked our best, and I'll be the first to say that tonight included, but it's not easy to win. Montreal's a good like – people say, well, Montreal, they're, what are they, 5-2? Two two? I mean, they have a good record. They're, they're, they're winning games, so it's not going to be easy. We need to be better, obviously, to sustain this, <clears throat> you know, to get to our game. And um, But at the end of the day, um, I like our penalty kill. It's much improved. Our power play numbers are better. Uh, some nights it's sharper than others, but our special teams numbers are better. And that was a primary area of focus this summer we needed to improve on. We thought if we wanted to stay at the level we expect to be at. Um, I think we have good depth again. I'll take that. Like a lot of different guys scoring tonight. It's it's Cotter and Carrier and we get points. It's not relying on the top guys. I would say that our top guys right now probably are struggling a bit to, to bring points to the table and offense to the table. Uh, we're going to need that eventually, but we're getting through it. Um, we're looking at some young D and Korzak and Pahal a little more, with, so we're, we're, we're getting some um, looks at our depth and, and now now Pav a little more with Nick Wild. So that's what I'm sort of looking at right now. I'm not going to overanalyze this game or last week's game. Um, it's keep building and get points, but we know there's lots of areas to improve. We, we understand that. I, I'm not going to list every area because from night to night it changes, but 
Um, we understand that. So we're not taking every day off thinking, well, we're, we're, we're exactly where we need to be because our record's 9-0-1-1. We're, we're not that naive. There's t times tonight we weren't respectful enough of the game and the process that happened against Chicago. It's happened a few times this year, and we'll keep harping on that. But it's also 10 games in, so I know the players will slowly ramp up as well. Trying to walk that line as a coach. And if you have kids who are in middle school or high school and they've got homework and they're, they're getting great grades, you're walking that line right like Bruce Cassidy is, where how much can you push and how much can you ease off? If your kid comes home with a B on a test and they've got straight A's and everything, how do you react to that? Bruce Cassidy's got a team that's 9-0-1, and they slip by the Philadelphia Flyers and the Montreal Canadiens. They've got a great record, but those games weren't what he expected from an execution standpoint. And he admits, when you listen to that, that you've got to navigate that because you can't be hard on athletes every day when the record is perfect. But you got to find a way to get them better or keep them better. That was a great answer after a game in which they won 3-2 in a shootout and didn't have their best, but found a way to produce the best 10-game start by a Stanley Cup champion in NHL history. But we'll look the other way because there's a great story happening with the Silver Knights. So Brian McCormack is coming up next as we move on on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I think there's something wonky going on with the microphone there. Chapman, I think, dropped the microphone right in the middle of that Paul Cotter conversation. Things got clunky in there. What happened? Give me, give me the the play-by-play -play of I, what happened during that scrum. Well, you know, I something I, happened. I, I I'll say this: what, what, some of our local media, yeah, I won't say names, but no, let's name them. No, 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 I won't do that. They need to learn how to stand in a scrum. Was it Vince? No, Vince is great. Okay, no, they need to learn Was how to stand Tina? in a scrum. Was it Tina? Who's Tina? Oh, no, 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 definitely not. I didn't even see her last night. No, right. it wasn't her. But, you know, you, there, there's a, there's a group Adam of... Hill? No, no, I, I didn't see Adam last night either. All right. But you stand sideways, right? Because everyone has to be able to get in. Yeah. You don't stand like you're standing in line to go on a ride at Disneyland. So what happened? What, what so I bumped into clock? someone because I was helping someone get their mic in because oh. I was helping Brian Salmon from Channel 3 yeah, Brian's a good guy. get his mic in yeah. because people don't know how to stand. When they're so in a scrum, a scrum etiquette. Yes, there's scrum etiquette, and unfortunately, so did you drop the mic. No, no, I, I think so what was it, the clunky sound. I think it was me grabbing his mic and oh, holding it in my hand, yeah. so he could get audio because he couldn't get in because there's poor yeah. scrum etiquette. Right. Am I off on this? I mean, you've been around a, a, a while. I yeah, mean, I don't, I don't consider our scrums to be overwhelming. I, I think no, no, definitely so. compared to like Montreal or or Toronto, but I still. think you just gotta you gotta buck up. No, no, that's not me. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm no, not. You, you, you gotta, you gotta stake your space here. I'm not, Mister. Push you out of the way, Mister. Mister. Yeah, bump you. Like Brian McCormick. Brian McCormick in the scrum. Well, he's a, he's a pretty big guy. Like so Anderson, so yeah. nice, but, 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 boys, like he, that guy, he can own a scrum. I'm sure he could. He could do a one man scrum because everybody else is scared to be in it. Well, he's a one man gang. Like with those <laughs> arms. 
Hey, what's going on, McCormick? <laughs> I'm just listening in. Apparently, I take up half the room. Yeah, I don't, but know, I, uh, I don't know what he I was just, calling you there, but I think... Most of, most of my scrums are scrums of one, but now that I'm hearing this etiquette conversation, I still think I'm taking too many liberties. I, there's, there's people that enjoy taking up space in scrums to block people out. We're, we're talking about the, the people when you're interviewing somebody and the, uh, there's a group of media around the person. That's called a scrum, if everybody's not familiar with, with the word. I've been in places where different reporters, especially the newspaper guys, the print people back in the day, they would take up space and brought, block the electronic media out as, hey, you got to earn your, earn your stripes in here, kid. That uh, would, sometimes that I like to just me. go in there, Darren. I just put my arm around someone's shoulder and tussle the hair a little bit. Suddenly you've got a lot more room. Yeah. I, I try to tickle them in the ribs a little bit. I, I've tried that. And, and that doesn't go over really well, but it, it buys me enough time to get some space. And, and then I wiggle in. I, I don't <laughs> think it's appropriate in today's landscape, but tickling tickling works every now and then. Um. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's Brian McCormick from the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, a personal question to you. Where, Go ahead. Where, where are you right now? Uh, I'm sitting outside the Dollar Loan Center. Okay, what are you looking at? Give me give me an uh, the Dollar Loan Center. An object, okay. A specific okay, I'm looking ob- at the the backside of a, uh, a a Chevy Cruze. Okay, are you looking at that through your dominant eye or your other eye? Uh, I've got to do the test here. I didn't know what my dominant eye was. I, I assume either this is a crazy coincidence or you're referring to what me and Derek Anglin were yeah. talking about yesterday on K-Tan. I heard you were, I, you're just fascinated by this dominant eye. You didn't even know that you had a dominant eye. Well, I, I never thought of it applied to, to left or right side as a de-pairing. I, I thought I kept missing pucks on the right side as a kid because I was on my backhand. Apparently no. I was also blind. Yeah. No, you, it, it, there, there's part of that where dominant eye plays a role in it. So I think, right I think I'm looking dominant? at my dominant eye, but my, 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 my passive eye is helping. So are you right eye dominant or left eye dominant? You haven't done the test yet? I've not been tested. Um, no, I you feel... can do it yourself right now. You take your, take your hands in front of you, make a triangle right in front of you. Okay, hang on. Phone, phone is between the shoulder and the ear. Okay, and hands are triangled. And look at an object through that triangle. So right now I'm looking at a piece of paper on the wall through this triangle. Chapman, uh, no, extend your hands. you got to extend your arms. Okay. okay. This is amazing radio. I it love is, this. It is. It's because people, other people are doing it right now, too. So, so you've got both well, eyes open. Well, now, now while you, driving. You're, you're, <laughs> good point. Uh, now close your left eye. Okay. Can you still see the object that you were looking at? Yeah. I can. All right. Now close your right eye. Yeah. See, barely. if you barely see it, that means you're the uh, the first eye. So I close my left eye. I can't can't see it. And I close my right eye. I'm left eye dominant. Okay. I if, I see, if I see it both times, does that mean I'm cross-eyed? Yeah, you you get some struggles. You're not oh, doing boy. it right. I'm I'm right eye dominant. Survey says. All right. That's how you do it. Now America knows. But it makes a it makes a difference in sports at, at a higher level of sports. They make sure they know coaches and, and um, different trainers will know what eye is more dominant, and they will work on 
work on making your other eye a little bit more integral and, and helpful. I know, I know players, I've seen this, players who will wear patches over their dominant eye to help their uh, passive eye become more, strengthen it, strengthen its impact. I, I know hockey players who have done that. Uh, along the way, but the- well, see, last year I had Jeff Conkle was putting tape over my mouth because I was mouth breathing. Then he could put a patch over my eye. We're about two steps away from a burlap sack over my head. Yeah, no, you're getting close. If if they ask you to step in a in a uh, little room closet pot, pot of no no uh, a a pail of cement, then you're in trouble. <laughs> All right. By the dock. Yeah, by yeah. the dock. Exactly. So I, was, I, I learned, was, it, was I silly to take that much to find that so fascinating, though? I, that was well, the most childlike wonderment I felt no, in no. years, and now I feel like I got out over my skis. McCormick, I'm the same way. Like when I <laughs> when I find out something that I didn't know, I want to go all in and and learn more about it. So I I think it's great. Just because I knew about it and you didn't know about it doesn't mean that you're any less educated than than me in sports. I think that you've gone down a path and and you were you were intrigued by it and you wanted to know more about it and now we've we've educated people about it. We've had this cool conversation about it. The the only reason I'll be honest, the only reason I really know about this is because I took a golf lesson when I was 29 years old in Toronto and this woman, Jelana Duncan, she was a space cadet, man. Uh she was she was right out there, but she was a good golf teacher, but uh but she was like uh, just different. She, I, I took the golf lesson, and she did the right eye, left eye dominant, and and it changed me from being right-handed as a golfer to left-handed as a golfer. She changed me that day. I had to switch wow. sides of the golf ball at 29 years old. Well, I, am, of, I, I will say here on out, I am going to use this as an excuse for any shortcoming I may have. If I get audited on my taxes, I'm going to say, guys, right eye dominance. It's yeah. a new discovery. Don't say that. I'm going through that in a couple of years right now in Canada. They're all over it. It's, it's ugly. Hey, uh, six and two. I'm swinging and missing a lot here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, six and two. What's been the, the best part? most encouraging aspect of the Henderson Silver Knights, and then we'll dig into the to the record and the performance a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, uh, well, two-pronged, depth and composure. Depth in the sense that uh, it's not the same guy carrying the load every night. Composure in that the Golden Knights have already won two games this season when trailing after 40 minutes, and they were both two-goal comebacks. They had another comeback win their last time out against the San Diego Gulls. Uh, this is a team right now that is having the kind of, uh, of injury issues that should be able to take a chunk out of them. With uh, And these are all players who are kind of in that day-to-day scenario, but they've been missing them for the last handful of games regardless. Gage Quinney, Dyson Mayo, Tyler Benson, uh, now Jacob Brabinitz, and, and Jakob Demick uh, have been on the shelf. So, I mean, this is the kind of, of stretch of injuries over the last four or five games that if you drop three or four, you just, you'd understand it. It's just the math. Um, but they're finding ways, and, and they're finding ways to, to snowball in a positive way. If they're trailing by a couple, they score a goal, they're going to own the next three or four shifts, and that's why they've been able to have a couple of, uh, of multi-goal comebacks. So I think the fact that uh, aside from the you know the two games they lost, a 5-1 loss with an empty netter and a 4-1 loss with an empty netter, those are games that maybe felt a little bit like, all right, it's just not your day. Every other game, uh, it, even down two, it feels like a game that's within reach, and that, that's pretty good DNA to build early in the season, I think. Sounds a lot like the big club. Now, they've only trailed by a couple of goals once, but they trailed six straight games yeah. and won five of them. 
Yeah, and I think that's composure. I think it comes down to good goaltending too. And then Jesper Weichmann has uh, three wins already this season, and he's made four AHL starts. Uh, one of them last spring for a, an undermanned Silver Knights squad at that time. But he's three and zero this year, and two of those wins are in overtime. He's, he's playing close hockey games, so uh, certainly the, the Silver Knights get the goaltending and, and the defensive structure that keeps them in games. Uh, and when they when they make errors and they make mistakes, and that's going to happen in the American Hockey League. You just don't make so many of them, and that puts the game out of reach. I think another thing to make notice of, too, and again, where Ryan Craig has had a good impact on this team, you know, last year, the Silver Knights, one of the frustrations that they had was, as bad as their record was, it wasn't that they were getting their doors blown off every game. There were a lot of games, I think they had the second or third most one-goal hockey games in the league. They would just be 2-2 in the third period with eight minutes left, and they were the ones, the Silver Knights, who would always blink. A puck would jump over their stick, and it was a two-on-one or a turnover in the middle of the uh, defensive zone, and and that's how they'd lose. It was just every single night the frustration of, why are we always the ones that stub our toes? Uh, and this year it's the opposite. It's in the third period where the Silver Knights play their best, play their most mistake-free, uh, and, and put the puck in the, in the offensive zone and, and allow other teams to scramble. Um, and again, like, that sounds a lot like the big club. It does. And it's just that knowledge that if you open the door a crack, they're probably going to kick it open. So far, they've had that personality. And like Vegas, being in a position where they have to get by without a couple of their top six defensemen, uh, Henderson, that trickles down, right? Because you've got Korzak and uh, Pahal Pickles uh, up. Uh, those players would uh, normally be in the Henderson lineup every night, so others have to backfill. And Ryan Craig has been able to get by with with uh, others. So uh, we've got Cormier down there. We, we we know some of the the blue liners on the on the Henderson Silver Knights, but who's done a good job in stepping up there? Yeah, so I mean, Jake Bischoff has continued to just be Jake Bischoff. He's been tremendous. He's just such a steadying. Uh, presence and and the way that the uh, things are constructed right now, I mean Jake Bischoff has been a first unit power play guy, so he, he's just a guy that that so often makes the right decision, even when it's the easy decision. He he extends plays, he extends possession in the offensive zone, so he's been terrific in logging heavy minutes. Uh, and then uh, also from that veteran perspective, uh, a guy with uh, NHL time and, and could be another guy in that conversation if ever needed for you know call-up purposes. I almost feel like sometimes we, we lose him in the shuffle because we talk about the young guys coming up. But Dyson Mayo was acquired last spring. He has been yeah. terrific. Uh, and he's another guy who's been banged up the last couple of games. But day-to-day, he should be back in the mix pretty soon, I think. But uh, he had goals in back-to-back games uh, in the, the middle of the uh, or the first two home games of the season. He'd never scored goals in back-to-back games in his life. So he, he's joked he's already well ahead of his usual pace. Um, but he has been assertive. He's been jumping in offensively, uh, and that's where last year with a, a Silver Knights blue line that relied a lot on youth with uh, Cormier and Daniel Chayka. Uh, Late Nahak is still young, and he missed the second half of the season, most of it injured. Uh, this is a, a blue line right now that actually has been able to put good dependability in, yes, those young players taking another step, but relying on the likes of Jake Bischoff, uh, Dyson Mayo, and now even with the injuries that they've been dealing with, having a guy like Brandon Hickey who just steps in, uh, the, the veteran presence up and down the lineup has been something that not only has it been productive, I think it's been uh, a lot of peace of mind for Ryan Craig that he's got dependable people he can put out uh, pretty much every shift. 
This is your first time working with Ryan Craig on a daily basis. We chat with Brian McCormick, the play-by-play -play voice of the Henderson Silver Knights, 6-2, and two, and uh, taking a run at first place. Uh, we'll play their next four on the road, by the way, back home on November 15th against Coachella. Uh, what's been your internal evaluation of working with Ryan and then watching him run a bench for the first time as a professional head coach? Yeah, I think one of the things that, that you really get a sense of around the, the room and, and uh, around the practice facility is that it's business-like, not in the sense that it's stern. It's it's matter-of-fact. He expects people to do their jobs. They do their jobs. He's, he is not, uh, even though he's been coaching now, this is his seventh season behind a bench, he's not that far removed from playing himself. He's still very young, so I think he relates to the group very, very well. Uh, and I think he has good lines of communications with his uh, his veteran guys, your Byron Phrases, Jake Bischoff, Adam Crackle. He allows guys like that to, to handle the room um, because, again, they, they, he relates well to them, but also you know, Adam Cracknell is a former teammate of his. Right. He, he knows what he has in there. It's not a matter of delegating. It's, it's having lieutenants in the room that uh, that can get the message across. Uh, and already you just see that the vibes in the room this year are just, just very good. It's, it's a team that is getting along very, very well. Uh, and everyone's very comfortable in their roles. It's, it's a team that's well cast. Again, kind of like the VGK. There's nobody out there being asked to do something that is outside their skill set or, you know, hey, I know you're not traditionally a number two center, but we need you to be one for now. That doesn't happen. So I, I think uh, everyone's very well positioned and well cast for what their jobs are. Uh, and because of that, and, and also, you know, winning helps. Everyone's in a better mood when they're winning too. But uh, this seems like a, a very good communication line between coaching staff and players. And because of that, uh, you're able to treat players like men uh, and you're able to communicate things calmly and directly and, and uh, have it be well understood. So I think it's, a, it's been a good culture transfer uh, from the VGK to the HSK. Uh, and Ryan Craig, you know, I've, I've been saying since the end of June, I say it with a smirk, but it's very true. He's straight out of central casting for the job that he has. Yeah. So uh, it, it is certainly not someone who looks like they're figuring it out as they go. Uh, they're winning out of the gate. Uh, he's very comfortable in his own skin. He's very good with his, uh, with his staff. Uh, and he's being responded to very well by the players that he has. This may sound weird, and I'll let you evaluate it. Don't you love sentences that start that way? The, <laughs> the, Ryan's a serious guy. I, I know Ryan really well. Uh, yeah. But what I've, I've really been impressed with in his time with Henderson in being – able to talk to him, be around him a little bit, and then listen to your conversations with him, is there, there's a not a casualness to him, but a more easygoing, more relatable, uh, less less strict and cut and uh, dried head coach, and, and I'm just going to give you cliches. It's like he's, he's <laughs> loose. It feels like he's loosened up a bit. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, you're right. he is a serious guy, not yeah. not stern, just, you know, yeah, there's a seriousness to him. So anytime I do get a chuckle out of him, I feel good about that for the rest right, of the day. Yeah. But um, I, I think what you're describing is, is exactly what I mean when I say uh, that there is a matter-of-factness to it. It's, it's not uh, over-excitable. It's, it's, it's not dramatic. It's not uh, you know, there, there aren't highs and lows and ebbs and flows. It's just, nope, this is the way it is. Mm -hmm. this, is this is the business that we do. This is how we expect it to be. And if they meet it, they meet it. If they don't meet it, it's still October. And there's an understanding of like, yeah, you know, I want us to be better in the first. But yeah, there's an attitude of as long as the, the effort is there and the guys are trying to 
do what they're being told to do, well, the results are going to come with that. So I totally agree. There's a, a calmness and a directness to the way Ryan Craig handles business, but it doesn't come across as, as short. It doesn't come across as uh, overly uh, stern. It comes across as as matter of fact. If we know what we need to do. We've discussed it. We have a very good game plan. That's what we're going to do, and we expect to get results from it. And that's uh, why I think every time we talk after a game, I never have a feeling in our conversations that it's so, uh, Ryan, what happened out there? Like, well, uh, damned if I know. Like, that's, yeah. that's never what happened. But he's not going to, to chomp your, your head off either. And, and right. I, and I had a more as I, I was expecting a, a laviolette, a, a tortorella, not in the combative side, but in the, in the just straight-to-the-answer type uh, responses. He's never going to be Bruce Cassidy, but he's, he's been somewhere in the middle, and I've really enjoyed that. There, there was one there, and I, I laughed at myself as a guy. I think I walked into that one. But as we were talking post game, uh, the Silver Knights uh, were behind. I'm trying to remember exactly which game this was. It might have been, I think it was the, the, the loss on, on Nevada Day on Friday to Ontario, where uh, the Silver Knights lost 4 1, but they did uh, get a, a decent push in the third period. Alex Swetlikov scored his first AHL goal. Uh, so I, I said to him, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, give him an opportunity to speak openly about whatever it is he wants to speak about. So the way I phrased the question, I said, well, you know, even though you didn't get uh, the results you wanted tonight, your team had another good third period push that that's been pretty regular. I mean, are, are you happy to see that that's uh, a characteristic this team has? And he looks and he smiles and he says, well, if that's the way you want to phrase it, and he just <laughs> cut through the, he, he cut through the sunshine again, politely, yeah. but just to say like, oh, I, you know, you can put it that you can phrase it that way. If you want to, I'd like us to stop playing from behind. So, again, I, I, I'm learning. I don't need to, to dance around things. You can be direct, and, and he wants to be direct and just have a conversation of, like, well, you can, you can spin it however you want, but at the end of the day, this is what we expect of ourselves. This is what we intend to do, and there's, a, there's something refreshing about that. Did you have any Halloween parties? Uh, I've no parties. Uh, I, I did. Uh, they're, they're, I've got my neighbors next door like to do uh, some trick-or-treating activities on the uh, – driveway so we might uh, join them for a bit um but i was also told to pick up uh, rolls and cold cuts so uh i'm 34 but i think tonight we're acting 54 i did learn last year the the cities i lived in prior when i was in san antonio and when i was in idaho i think i saw 11 trick-or-treaters combined over the course of of six years mm-hmm. uh last year when we moved into our new neighborhood in the green valley ranch area uh, I had to go out for candy four separate times, and throughout the night, I think we went through like nine bags. I thought we were prepared, and we weren't even close. So that's why I was excited that you wanted to get on the phone. I'm kind of being a coward. I'm afraid to go home just to find out that my wife has been overrun. Uh, but we're, we're hoping that we can handle the rush tonight. You Four separate times? That You know what? That, that, that reeks of somebody who wanted to get out of giving out candy. Like you, wanted to, you wanted to jump out of the scene. Yeah, that's that's true. Because I've also reached that weird old man yelling at cloud age, where I like three out of every four co- costumes. I don't know what they're supposed to be. And it's like, what are you, Frankenstein? Got it. What are you, Yu-Gi-Oh? Like, I have no idea what that is. Not Every, a clue. Everybody's Barbie. So Barbie this year. There's going to be a good uh, good energy. I I have no costume planned. I was pretty good at it during college. I've I've gotten away from it ever since I, me and my brother dressed up as Hanson Brothers in the booth in college, and we got chastised for it. I haven't done much dressing up since then, but uh, we, we do have a small black chihuahua that we think looks like a bat. 
Uh, and uh, my wife is getting him bat wings for the evening, is what That's I was good. told. So that'll be our representative. Who gave you heck for dressing up as the Hanson brothers? Uh, a couple of the other people in the press box area. Now, in their defense, this is college. So we dressed up for Halloween, but Halloween that year, I think, landed on like a Thursday. So, you know, campus was going to celebrate properly at the local establishments on Saturday. So me and my brother dressed up as Hanson brothers, but we did it on like you know, November 2nd. So I think we, we just didn't okay. get the benefit of the doubt of rounding up. All right. Well, you were idiots that way. I get that. Well, I think that as, as an overage college student, I think 25 <laughs> is when you're supposed to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I've got pictures and I'll show them to you. Please. And actually, the, the, the more I think about it, I was, I was a Hanson brother. And two of my buddies that I met after were also handsome brothers. Some my brother, as I recall, was handsome, not. Some people think you're saying you're a handsome brother. I was a handsome brother. That's well, what we're here for, guys, to win. Handsome brother, but of the two, <laughs> it was me and my brother were in school together. So of the two of us, I'd like to see. I'd like to say I was the handsome brother, but our dance cards would uh, would make you think the opposite. What's but, ladies and gentlemen, look at that. You can't see that. I'm on radio. What's the real name <laughs> of the uh, the Hansons? What's that? What's the real name of the Hansons? Oh, there was a time I knew, and now I don't remember. Carlson's. John Jacob Jingleheimer. Carlson. Carlson, it is? Yeah. yeah. All right, well, uh, we dressed up as the Carlson brothers. I was the more <laughs> handsome Carlson brother. But my brother in the, in the booth was a more uh, scantily clad Cupid, I guess is how you would describe it. So his, his probably was pretty inappropriate. He was wearing a tank top that looked like it was... Made out of dental floss. That was not the right costume to wear nah, for the broadcast nah, booth. No, 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 not good. I, I, what about Ogie? Uh, I would have, I, I would have gone Ogie. Ogathorpe. Yeah, his subsequent deportation to Canada and that country's hey. refusal to accept him. Hey, uh, I've got a, a book I'll, I'll, I'll share with you uh, that uh, somebody wrote on the real Ogie, the the person that Oglethorpe was based off of, and it is fascinatingly scary. What, what what is what the, the name of that did. gentleman? I, I can't remember what that guy's name is, and it's not a, a well written book, to be honest. I hope the person ever finds out that, that I was talking <laughs> about the book. But uh, but you you just you can't stop reading it because of the different tales of the real Ogie Oglethorpe. And, and I did not know that was did. based off a real person. Yes, and it's like the, the the Oglethorpe in the movie is not that far. From the real Ogie, like you think, okay, nobody's like yeah. that bad. Like, it's um, it's it, it, it's actually like the real the real Ogie might be crazier or have a history that's more wild than the movie Ogie. Ogie. He is based, by the way, based on uh, Syracuse Blazers forward Bill Goldie Goldthorpe. Yeah, yeah. There you okay, go. I'll, I'll bring you the book though. Okay, I, I didn't think Ogie was the scariest-looking character who came out of the tunnel during the movie. I thought I was much more afraid of McCracken than I was of Oglethorpe. And from Person. mile 40, Saskatchewan, where he now runs a donut shop. He, he doesn't even wait for you to, like, to give a pause to drop it in. He just runs the, the various sound bites. You know, I've had I think Chabin's been hanging onto this folder for months. I, for I, dude, not months, like years. I've had these drops for years. I've been waiting to play them. He's just emptying the arsenal on this, this segment. <laughs> I don't think Amazing. I have any more. Um, any more. Oh, wait, I think I do. The fans are standing up to them. The security guards are standing up to them. The peanut vendors are standing up to them. And by God, if I could get down there, I'd be standing up to them. There's no way you and I would be doing that. We'd be up in the press box yelling, yeah, whatever, buddy, tough guy.
I've never well, Darren, called. you and I are going to be doing an HSK game in the near future, I think. Should we just get a, a challenge ourselves, just get a list of as many of these references as we can and just try to sprinkle them throughout? Oh, I, I'm, I'm all for it. And, and not, and, but n- never acknowledge it, okay? Like, we, if we're going to do it, we just have to say it and move on. We can't actually admit that we're, we're doing this and have people see if they pick up on it or not. I agree. I, yeah. I think that's, you, you need to be uh, subtle. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word for it. Hey, um, right eye dominant, uh, be good, be safe, and grab the big pack of uh, candy so you don't have to run around and uh, so you can be there for your beautiful wife. I'll do that. I'll get one more bag of candy, and uh, if we run out, then they'll all get slices of bologna, and they'll be happy. Do, do you have a costume tonight? I love rolls and cold cuts. I love rolls and cold No, my, my wife bought one of those inflatable costumes, that, uh, that has the uh, motor in it where you, you run around and you, you bob and weave. Uh, so we might, we might uh, share it. Not at the same time. We won't climb into it. Uh, that would be weird for the kids. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, but I might jump into that for a little bit. <laughs> uh, sounds fun. Send photos whenever you can. Will do. Uh, there's uh, Brian McCormick uh, from the Henderson Silver Knights. We always end up talking about uh, different things because he is a wonderful person to talk to. One of the coolest guys I know. Flat out, one of the coolest guys I know, and I love to call him, uh, and I'm so proud to call him a friend. Uh, We've got to set up hour number two as we continue in Fox Sports Las Vegas.